Section 5 of Japanese Girls and Women. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in September 2012. Japanese Girls and Women by Alice M. Bacon. Marriage and Divorce, Part 2. The ancestor worship, as found in Japan, the tracing of relationship in the male line only, and the general accepted belief that children inherit their qualities from their father rather than from the mother, make them his children and not hers. Thus we often see children of noble rank on the father's side, but ignoble on the mother's, inherit the rank of their father, and not permitted even to recognize their mother as in any way their equal if she is plebeian the children are not regarded as tainted by it in the case of divorce even if the law allowed the mother to keep her children it would be almost an impossibility for her to do so she has no means of earning her bread and theirs for few occupations are open to women and she is forced to become a dependent on her father or some male relative whatever they may be willing to do for her it is quite likely that they would begrudge aid to the children of another family with whom custom hardly recognizes any tie the children are the children of the man whose name they bear if the woman is a favorite daughter it may happen that her father will take her and her children under his roof and support them all but this is a rare exception and only possible when the husband first gives up all claim to the children there comes to my mind now a case illustrating this point, which I think I may cite without betraying confidence. It is that of a most attractive young woman who was married to a worthless husband, but lived faithfully with him for several years and became the mother of three children. The husband, who seemed at first merely good for nothing, became worse as the years went by, drank himself out of situation after situation procured for him by powerful relatives, and at last became so violent that he even beat his wife and threatened his children, a proceeding most unusual on the part of a Japanese husband and father. The poor wife was at last obliged to flee from her husband's house to her mother's, taking her children with her she sued for a divorce and obtained it and is now married again her youth good looks and high connections procuring her a very good catch for her second venture in matrimony but her children are lost to her and belong wholly to their worthless drunken father of the lack of permanence in the marriage relation among the lower classes the domestic changes of one of my servants in tokyo afford an amusing illustration the man whom I had hired in the double capacity of jinrikisha man and betto or groom was a strong, faithful, pleasant-faced fellow recently come to Tokyo from the country. I inquired when I engaged him whether he had a wife, as I wanted someone who could remain in his room in the stable in care of the horse when he was pulling me about in the jinrikisha. He replied that he had a wife, but she was now at Utsunomiya, the country town from which he had come, but he would send for her at once, and she would be in Tokyo in the course of a week or two. Two or three weeks passed and no wife appeared, so I inquired of my cook and head-servant what had become of Yasaku's wife. 
he replied with a twinkle in his eye that she had found work in utsunomiya and did not wish to come a week more passed and still no wife and further inquiries elicited from the cook the information that yasaku had divorced her for disobedience and was on the lookout for a new and more docile helpmate his first thought was of the maid-servant of the japanese family who lived in the same house with me a broad-faced red-cheeked country girl of a very low grade of intelligence he gave this up however because he thought it would not be polite to put my friends to inconvenience by taking away their servant his next effort was by negotiation through a tokyo friend but apparently yasaku's country manners were not to the taste of the tokyo damsels for he met with no success and was at last driven to write to his father in utsunomiya asking him to select him a wife and bring her down to tokyo the selection took a week or two and at last my maid told me that yasaku's wife was coming by the next morning's train a look into the betto's quarters in the stable showed great preparations for the bride the mats new covered with nice straw matting were white and clean the shoji were mended with new paper the walls covered with bright-coloured pictures and various new domestic conveniences had nearly bankrupted yasaku in spite of his large salary of ten dollars a month he had ordered a fine feast at a neighbouring tea-house had had cards printed with his own name in english and japanese and had altogether been to such great expense that he had had to put his winter clothes in pawn to secure the necessary money the day chosen for the marriage was rainy and though yasaku spent all his time in going to trains no bridal party appeared and he came home at night disconsolate to smoke his good-night pipe over his solitary hibachi he was no doubt angry as well as disconsolate for he sat down and penned a severe letter to his father in which he said that if the bride did not appear on the next day counted lucky for a wedding no japanese would be married on an unlucky day they could send her back to her father's house for he would none of her this letter did its work for on the next lucky day about ten days later the bride appeared and yasaku was given two days of holiday on the agreement that he should not be married again while he remained in my service on the evening of the second day the bride came in to pay me her respects and crouching on her hands and knees before me literally trembled under the excitement of her first introduction to a foreigner she was a girl of rather unattractive exterior fat and heavy and rather older than yasaku had bargained for i imagine at any rate from the first he seemed dissatisfied with his pig in a poke and after a couple of months sent her home to her parents and was all ready to start out again in the hope of better luck next time here is another instance from the woman's side upon one occasion when i was visiting a japanese lady of high rank who kept a retinue of servants the woman who came in with the tea bowed and smiled upon me as if greeting me after a long absence as i was in and out of the house nearly every day i was a little surprised at this demonstration which was quite different from the formal bow that is given by the servant to her mistress's guest upon ordinary occasions when she went out my friend said you see okiku has come back 
as i did not know that the woman had been away the news of her return did not affect me greatly until i learned the history of her departure it seemed that about a month before she had left her mistress's house to be married and the day before my visit she had quietly presented herself and announced that she had come back if they would take her in my friend had asked her what had happened whether she had found her husband unkind no her husband was very nice very kind and good but his mother was simply unbearable she made her work so hard that she actually had no time to rest at all she had known before her marriage that her proposed mother-in-law was a hard task mistress but her husband had promised that his mother should live with his older brother and they should have their housekeeping quite independent and separate as the mother was then living with her older son it seemed unlikely that she would care to move and okiku-san had married on that supposition but it seemed that the wife of the older brother was both lazy and bad-tempered and the new wife of the younger brother soon proved herself industrious and good-natured as the mother's main thought was to go where she would get the most comfort and waiting upon she moved from the elder son's house to that of her younger son and began leading her new daughter-in-law such a life that she soon gave up the effort to live with her husband sued for a divorce obtained it and was back in her old place all in a month's time from the date of her marriage but our readers must not suppose from the various incidents given that few happy marriages take place in japan or that in every rank of life divorce is of everyday occurrence on the contrary there seems cause for wonder not that there are so many divorces but that there are so many happy marriages with wives and husbands devoted and faithful for a nobleman in the olden times to divorce his wife would have caused such a scandal and talk that it rarely occurred if the wife were disliked he need have little or nothing to do with her their rooms their meals and their attendance being entirely separate but he rarely took away from her the name of wife empty as it might be she usually would be from some other noble house and great trouble would arise between the families if he attempted to divorce her the samurai also with the same loyalty which they displayed for their lords were loyal to their wives and many a novel has been written or play-acted showing the devotion of husband and wife the quiet undemonstrative love though very different from the ravings of a lover in the nineteenth-century novel is perhaps truer to life among the merchants and lower classes there has been and is a much lower standard of morality but the few years which have passed since the revolution of eighteen sixty eight are not a fair sample of what japan has been noblemen samurai and merchants have had much to undergo in the great changes and as it is the case in all such transition periods old customs and restraints and old standards of morality have been broken down and have not been replaced there is no doubt that men have run to excesses of all sorts and divorces have been much more frequent of late years our little japanese maiden knows when she blackens her teeth dons her wedding dress and starts on her bridal journey to her husband's house that upon her good behaviour alone depend her chances of a happy life 
she is to be henceforth the property of a man of whom she probably knows little and who has the power at any whim to send her back to her father's house in disgrace deprived of her children with nothing to live for or hope for except that some man will overlook the disgrace of her divorce and by marrying her give her the only opportunity that a japanese woman can have of a home other than that of a servant or dependent that these evils will be remedied in time there seems little reason to doubt but just now the various cooks who are engaged in brewing the broth of the new civilization are disagreed in regard to the condiments required for its proper flavoring the conservatives wish to flavor strongly with the subjection and dependence of women believing that only by that means can feminine virtue be preserved the younger men of foreign education would drop into the boiling pot the flavor of culture and broader outlook for by this means they hope to secure happier homes for all and better mothers for their children the missionaries and native christians believe that when the whole mixture is well impregnated with practical christianity the desired result will be achieved all are agreed on this point that a strong public opinion is necessary before improved legislation can produce much effect and so for the present legislation remains in the background until the time shall come when it can be used in the right way let us examine the two remedies suggested by the reformers and see what effect has been produced by each so far and what may be expected of them in the future taking education first what are the effects produced so far by educating women to a point above the old japanese standard in many happy homes to-day we find husbands educated abroad and knowing something of the home life of foreign lands who have sought out wives of broad intellectual culture and who make them friends and confidants not simply housekeepers and head servants in such homes the wife has freedom not such as is enjoyed by american women perhaps but equal to that of most european women in such homes love and equality rule and the power of the mother-in-law grows weak to her is paid due respect but she seldom has the despotic control which often makes the beginning of married life hard to the japanese wife these homes are sending out healthy influences that are daily having their effect and raising the position of women in japan but for the young girl whose mind has been broadened by the new education and who marries as the majority of japanese girls must not in accordance with her own wishes but in obedience to the will of her parents a hard life is in store a woman's education under the old regime was one that fitted her well for the position that she was to occupy the higher courses of study only served to make her kick against the pricks and render herself miserable where she might before have been happy with mind and character developed by education she may be obliged to enter the home of her husband's family to be perhaps one among many members under the same roof in the training of her own children in the care of her own health and theirs her wishes and judgment must often yield to the prejudices of those above her under whose authority she is and it may not be until many years have passed that she will be in a position to influence in any measure the lives of those nearest and dearest to her 
then too her life must be passed entirely within the home with no opportunities to meet or to mingle with the great world of which she has read and studied surely her lot is harder than that of the woman of the olden time whose plain duty always lay in the path of implicit obedience to her superiors and who never for one moment considered obedience to the dictates of her own reason and conscience as an obligation higher than deference to the wishes of husband and parents education without further amelioration of their lot as wives and mothers can but result in making the women discontented and unhappy in many cases injuring their health by worry over the constant petty disappointments and baffled desires of their lives this to superficial observers would seem a step backward rather than forward and it is to this cause that the present reaction against female education may be traced the first generation or two of educated women must endure much for the sake of those who come after and by many this vicarious suffering is misunderstood and distaste on the part of educated girls for marriage as it now exists in japan is regarded as one of the sure signs that education is a failure without some change in the position of wife and mother this feeling will grow into absolute repugnance if women continue to be educated after the western fashion the second remedy that is suggested is christianity a remedy which is even now at work whenever one finds in japan a christian home there one finds the wife and mother occupying the position that she occupies all over christendom the christian man in choosing his wife feels that it is not an ordinary contract which may be dissolved at any time at the will of the contracting parties but that it is a union for life consequently in making his choice he is more careful takes more time and thinks more of the personal qualities of the woman he is about to marry thus the chances are better at the beginning for the establishment of a happy home and such homes form centres of influence throughout the length and breadth of the land today christianity in the future will do much to mould public sentiment in the right way and can be trusted as a force that is sure to grow in time to be a mighty power in the councils of the nation one more remedy might be suggested as a preliminary to proper legislation or a necessary accompaniment of it and that is the opening of new avenues of employment for women and especially for women of the cultivated classes today marriage no matter how distasteful is the only opening for a woman for she can do nothing for her own support and cannot require her father to support her after she has reached a marriageable age as new ways of self-support present themselves and a woman may look forward to making a single life tolerable by her own labor the intelligent girls of the middle class will no longer accept marriage as inevitable but will only marry when the suitor can offer a good home kindness affection and security in the tenure of these blessings so far there is little employment for women except as teachers but even this change in the condition of things is forming a class as yet small but increasing yearly of women who enjoy a life of independence though accompanied by much hard work more than the present life of a japanese married woman 
in this class we find some of the most intelligent and respected of the women of new japan and the growth of this class is one of the surest signs that the present state of the laws and customs concerning marriage and divorce is so unsatisfactory to the women that it must eventually be remedied if the educated and intelligent of the men care to take for their wives and for the mothers of their children any but the less educated and less intelligent of the women of their own nation end of marriage and divorce part two